John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. You have accessed entry 170.jb4102, certificate number 34954, Byzantine Rhinocopia. You ever get to see Byzantine Rhinocopia live? Hmm. <laughs> I saw the moment for Neutral Milk Hotel. They were too loud for it's me. It's pretty good. You know, quiet is the new loud. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of band that sounds like. Is it like some kind of jazz fusion? Byzantine Rhinocopia? Yeah. It's like, well, it's like you, a Sun Ra kind of a thing. The problem is, if you put the word Byzantine in your band name, you already suck. <laughs> Do you do you start to suck at the exact moment you rename yeah. your band? It's it's when it's when some guitar player is like, we should call it Byzantine Rhinocopia. It's like, no, you, you're lame. Byzantine, of course, refers to the Byzantine Empire. Sure, Byzantium cent- centered at Constantinople, then called Byzantium, what was the Eastern Roman Empire. Rhinocopia is a Greek word for lots of, of noses. <laughs> it sure sounds like, like it, right? Right. Copia uh, could mean plenty, like in copious or cornucopia. Uh, in this case, it's not. That's the Latin root. In this case, it would be a oh. Greek meaning. I'm not aware of rhino. Of course, means nose. Yes, but rhinocopia just means nose cutting. Rhinotomy, basically. Oh. So it's based on uh, like co- copia, copia. It's like uh, Francis Ford copia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's always because he cuts his own. He cuts his own movies. Yeah, right. Uh, mm. The I mean, you know that you, you've heard the different kinds of suffixes for different kinds of surgeries, you know, ectomy and right. ostomy and otomy and plasty and so forth. Do you, do you know the differences? An ectomy, an ostomy, an otomy, otomy and a... Plasty? So an ectomy is to take out, an, right. an like uh, ectomy is to cut off. And uh, Did you say ectomy is both things? Oh, no. Uh, an ectomy is to take out, right, a... Yeah. Uh, a Ostomy is to, uh, well, so an oscopy is to go look at. Yeah. An ostomy is to, um, an ostomy is a, is put, to put a hole in. Oh, well, put a hole in, right? Like stoma, like mouth. And an ectomy is to cut off. Uh, ectomy, cut out. ectomy is to cut out. Uh, otomy is to, 
what just to cut but not to cut out. Eeny meeny otomy ooh Like a lobotomy, you're not removing the lobes. Right. You're just kind of cutting it. Yeah. Just, to cleave. And uh, a, a plasty, of course, comes from plastic, meaning flexible. A rhinoplasty would be like to reshape right. the nose. So a rhinotomy is. Um, it's not an ectomy. It's not a rhinectomy. You're not removing the nose, but you're just slitting it. You're, you're, you're cutting. cutting it. And is that to say cutting the septum, or the 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 uh, the the place between the nostrils, or to cut the the brow or the? Um... I think it would probably be below below where the bone is. I think you're, you're yeah you're cutting away at the cartilage. I see. You know, because that's an easier cut. You can just do that with a knife. Or but it's something. not a piercing. It's a like a right. A, you're, you're actually mutilating the hmm. nose, hmm. and therefore the whole face. The nose is it's the middle of the face. Sure. It's the, the whole thing relies on it. The nose is the middle of the face. That's what we always say. Ancient Byzantine <laughs> proverb. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that a Byzantine rhinoctomy, Rhin- a Byzantine rhinoctopus, rhinocopia. A Byzantine rhinocopia is a nose mutilation that was popular in uh, Constantinople. I don't know if it was popular. I mean, I wouldn't like it if it happened to me. Right, but I mean, it could be like a popular like, with the other people. It could be a form of sort of primitive uh, a, a body adornment, or you know, modern primitivism, where where a, um, it's sort of like. You know, ear gauges or putting <laughs> tribal little, tattoos. Yeah, putting little studs beneath your eyebrows. Yeah, it's it's like a weird guy in the record shop yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, in the case of the Byzantine Empire, it m- was mostly a political tool used on the wrong people who were getting too powerful, like or, a scarlet letter, or powerful people who had gotten into trouble. Yeah, kind of the um, the stigma of it seems to be very important. I mean, if you go back to ancient times. There's a lot of blinding as, yeah. as a way to uh, keep people out of power. I mean, it's a real bummer if it happens. I mean, not 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 to say <laughs> yeah. that being yeah, blind is, but to be forcibly blinded. Just because you got too big for your britches. Would seem a little bit like... Yeah, it's a, I think everyone agrees. Uh, uh, Sophocles and the Bible all agree. It's a big bummer to be yeah. blinded by your enemies. Although I guess if, if you only live to be 40, um, you have a lot, you know... Presumably, you get blinded in the peak in your peak of career. Do you think that's why people in the past seem to have more equanimity about the awful lives they led because they know it's not going to be that long? Yeah, I mean, if you, I'm going to die when I'm 30 anyway. If you do something bad and you get put inside a a uh, you know you get drawn and quartered or something, it's like, well, <laughs> I probably would have got dysentery next yeah. week anyway. I'm in an Iron Maiden, but I'd otherwise be uh, be dying the, of plague. They're all just kind of like grouchy Larry David types. <laughs> As the horse pulls them apart, they're just like. Uh, this isn't great. This yeah. isn't great. It's not great, but it's not the worst thing that ever <laughs> pretty, happened. To pretty, 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 pretty bad. Uh, in the case of the, you know, blinding was was an ancient uh, practice. Uh, you know, famously, Samson was so powerful that the Philistines had to blind him. I thought they just cut off his hair. Well, that was just the beginning. Oh, I see. They started. Things with the got hair. worse from there. You know, we talk about uh, getting his hair cut off all the time. We don't go down the list of other other indignities the hair was just the, the kryptonite or whatever mm. the, you know the, the famous uh milton quote about samson is that he's eyeless in gaza the philistines burned his eyes out hey. i mean really i don't like injury to eye at all the eye is a very queasy part of the body to me yeah maybe it's because that's where you perceive kind of the center of the soul that's where all your input comes in you really mm. don't want right to think about violence to it no um, no, it, it seems, I mean, I don't know how many, um, 
nerve endings are in the eye. Whether, it, but but my sense is, I knew a guy who fell down at a party onto a glass table, and the table broke, and it popped one of his eyes. Is this like Faces of Death uh, episode? And again? I don't think that it hurts. I think that he reached up and realized that one of his eyes was gone. But was, that it, it, was it dangling out? No, that it had just. That the eye is like a ball of... Oh, he's rolling around on the floor? Ball of confusion. No, the eye, I guess, was still the it, there. It was just popped. Oh. Like the... Oh, it was, it was like the, the, the fluid came yeah, out. Yeah, the fluid came out. Oh. Kind of a bummer. There there are definitely, in the medical records, pe- cases of people sneezing an eye out. Oh. And it... Uh, that puts a... That puts the stakes of sneezing a lot higher. It really makes you not want to do the thing where you go... <laughs> like, no. like I always kind of stifle my sneezes, and oh, my wife right. is just an incredibly loud sneezer. Sure. She will do just kind of... Watch you! Yeah, she'll do a yell that I feel... It's a bit superfluous. A little bit dramatic. It's a bit showy. It, it, it doesn't seem related to the sneeze. It seems like there's two things going on there. First, the yell, and then the sneeze. Well, what about if it's just the two of you? What, is she just putting on a performance for you? She's not, she doesn't, it's not consciously a performance. I see. I, when she's all alone. Yeah, but who, when you go, that way. <coughs> who are you protecting? Let it go. Let it let be free. Uh, well, Don't pro- pop your eyes out. I'm protecting out. people. Or, I'm taking the hit. I'm, I'm, I'm taking on the risk of, of eye stock popping mm. to keep the people ahead of me in the movie theater dry. I feel like, well, and we're not talking about it in a movie theater. We're talking about walking around your own manse. I feel like this is, a, this is somehow symbolic of a, of a deeper repression. Uh, well, you know, the relation between the nose and sexual repression is kind of at the root of our tale. Um, well, the, if there's a, if there's a phallic part of the body, that's not the phallus, Mm -hmm. the nose seems like a likely option. I don't know. The fingers kind of, but there's 10 of them that kind of reduces the, you know, does it reduce it or multiply it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's only one nose and it's in the center of your body. Oh, I see. So it's the one, it's the phallus you're looking at every day. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I call my nose. <laughs> the phallus you like to see every day. And and as a result, you know, uh, something that was often a, a, a torture and dignity that was often performed upon people that were getting too big for their britches anciently was, was castration. Ooh. They'd become eunuchs. Yeah. And not only did that kind of r- reduce their um, appearance of potency in society, it also reduced their literal potency. You know, they couldn't produce heirs to challenge your dynasty. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. Which would you rather have your eye poked out or your uh, penis cut off? It's a tough one. You've right? got two eyes. What if you had you, both you've eyes? You've got a spare. What about both eyes or your penis? Those are both really lifestyle altering options. <laughs> they really are. Like the thing about your question that I, as far as I can see, and there's not a good alternative here. It's a bad. You know, a lot of it's those a like choice, which would you say. rather do? <laughs> which would you rather do? Fly or be invisible? You know, that's the original <laughs> one. But it's like, which would you rather do? Your superpower can be having your eyes gouged out or to be castrated. Yeah. Oh boy, that's, yeah, they're both boy. pretty good. I think I'm gonna lay in bed tonight thinking about. <laughs> 
I don't want my eyes poked out is the thing. I mean, the thing about- uh, I use my eyes more often than my penis. Yeah, I'm using my eyes right now. Yeah. And this is a, a totally asexual podcast. Uh, I'm not well, using my genitals for, for anything one of us, at maybe. the moment. <laughs> There's no such thing as an asexual <laughs> podcast if you're a true fan. Uh, I mean, the thing about producing all these eunuchs is that uh, often it would just be a, uh, what, what do we call it, an orchidectomy? Hmm. It, it would just be a removal of the testicles. Right. That seems to be the popular way of uh, of castrating without it being a real, like, it's not a full <laughs> real punch in the in the mutilated nose. Dongectomy? I don't know. I don't know what the word is for a full a full removal. Yeah. But it had the it would have to have the opposite effect because in fact, um, I think it would turn a lot of these eunuchs into really great sexual performers. Hmm. So, okay. you know, if you're tr- I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about oh, I see what you're saying. offspring, but you might have to worry about your harem. You know, they started doing this with dogs, I think, where they didn't want the dog to feel self-conscious. This is definitely like the I think probably the people that bring comfort turkeys on planes, but they put little plastic testes oh, inside of the dog this. so the dog doesn't feel bad. Yeah, they get pr- they get prosthetics. Yeah. Do you think it matters? Is the dog aware like is is it the, as we, you know, we talked about the feel of the coins jangling in your pocket, as it were. Right. Is that really what, what bugs the dog? My experience Can the dog of tell it's an empty sack? Most dogs is that they have absolute acorn brains and yeah. are, you know, like, and you have two dogs, so you tell me. Each are, dumber than the last. Okay. And so if you, if your dogs were, uh, for instance, are they both boy dogs? Uh, no. Uh, N- at the moment, neither are. One was I see. before we had him... Uh, fixed. Do you think the one that was would have noticed if his uh, testicles went away? I mean, he does spend more time licking that part of his body than most of my human friends. Sure. As far as you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know who my most flexible friends are. But uh, so maybe 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 that's when the dogs notice. They've often got a nose or there. Like, hmm. Okay. Something's different shape here something's different but i just don't think they have that much uh, awareness of self no. you know dogs don't have um, object permanence although i'm sorry futurelings that happen to be dogs with object permanence we're talking about an earlier iteration we, ap- we of apologize you. about what we did to your ancestors <laughs> for sure um but you know as a way to kind of echo that kind of you know the kind of humiliation that comes with uh castration without actually i mean sometimes they would they would just get that with castration. <laughs> but right. in order to avoid that, uh, what kind of mutilation that was often done would be to the soft tissues of the face, the ears and the nose. Sure. If you make a little snip in the ear, it identifies you as a thief without actually yes. that, like inciting a revenge instinct. And, uh, you know, this goes back to the ancient Egyptians who would do this. And it, it continues today uh, in... Um, in 2010, you may remember the case of Aisha Bibi, who was on the cover of Time magazine with some kind of very incendiary, this is what will happen if we leave Afghanistan type of headline. Oh, and she had been mutilated? Yeah, it was a very sad story of uh, you know a young girl who had been promised at the age of 12 to some old Taliban creep. fighter type, yeah, some old creep. Uh, and uh, he turned out to be abusive. His whole family turned out to be abusive. She ran away. They got her back and just cut off her nose and ears and left her in the mountains to die. Oh my God. And she, you know, she was found, her lives were saved. She, she you know, she really All wanted of her to, lives. Her, her life was saved. We don't know. We don't know if reincarnation is a possibility <laughs> in the mountains of the Hindu Kush. True. Um, at least that life was saved. And, and she wanted to be, uh, you know, kind of the face of this problem was willing to go on the cover of time magazine oh my goodness. and say, uh, this is what was done to me. How brave. And, 
uh, you know, the courts at the time made a huge point of how this is not Quranic law, this is not good Islamic practice, this is not Sharia, and uh, you know, the family was was prosecuted, the family was tracked down and prosecuted for what they had done in order to to kind of put, a, if as it were, a, a good face on oh. on the country. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that's a kind of there is a religious tradition of mutilation to the nose in particular, not just in Islam, although there is a, a, a surah of the Quran that says on the nose, we will brand him referring to, you know, something that can be done to transgressors. Right. Um, but even in uh, the Judeo, Judeo, in the Judeo, me say Judeo, in Leviticus 2118, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a prohibition on people with certain kinds of defects or deformities becoming priests. It's a very ableist part of Leviticus, and I'm not happy about it. I'm right. Not, it gives me no joy to tell you this, John. No, I know. Um, I know. Well, you know, there are a lot of the Bible is... Um, it's problematic. It is problematic. <laughs> the Bible... Quite a few the, stories don't pass muster. The Old Testament is canceled. <laughs> uh, in most modern Bible translations, the scripture reads, No man who has any defect may come near... No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. But what about a defective character? That's fine. Okay. No, no. But the, cool. the Bible is also very clear on on defective character. But here it's saying that uh, that certain kinds of deformities or disfigurements disqualify somebody from the priesthood. And in a more literal translation, if you look at the, the older King James translation, it actually specifies a blind man or a lame. They're really drilling down. Uh, or a lame. Wow, that's yeah, harsh. a lame. Or he that hath a flat nose. Oh, dear. So they, they use the Hebrew word haram, referring specifically to people whose noses have been disfigured. That would be a real... Uh, so a flat nose meaning not a not a, a nose that is flat by you know like a Serbian nose for instance but a nose that has been chopped. That's what it seems like. Are you yeah, did you just earlier refer to the King James Bible as the older definitive translation? Well, no, it's it's older than most Bible translations that would be popularly used. Oh, it's it's in Elizabethan or right, Jacobian, right. I guess, English, um, and it was written in language that was supposed to be sound archaic even then. Um, so that was the fashion. It's, it's a little more literal than most Bible trends. So today I think the idea is this was just, uh, what, synecdoche, metonymy? Yeah. We're, we're using a flat nose to fill in for a bunch of other, sure, other mutilate disfigurements and, and ugly folks. But it's very specific in the literal Bible that, uh, flat nose people should not be in the temple. The side, the, 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 the prominent healthy nose is a sign of, Moral good. Yes, the fortunes of God. Well, it seems I guess. like if you're getting your nose chopped off as a uh, as punishment for crimes, that this is a there's a reason to do that, or there's a reason that it worked, and it would be an easy identifier. If somebody came into your jewelry store that had their nose cut off, you'd be watching them extra careful. I think that's a main appeal of it is that uh, you know castration. You can hide the effects in your pants. Right. But you can put earmuffs on if your ear's been snipped. <laughs> exactly. But Byzantine rhinocopia is literally as plain as the nose on your face. Sure. It's going to be very clear who has done the crimes. They and, cut off your nose to spite your face. And not just your face, but everything about you. Yeah. Uh, in uh, And I think that's one reason why in medieval times it becomes very common as a religious punishment. And often in connection with uh, sexual crimes. In 726, the Byzantine Emperor Leo III and his Ecloga, 
um, makes nose cutting uh, a criminal punishment for specifically sexual crimes, uh, incest, sex with underage partners. You do any of this stuff, you, you're going to take it on the nose. Um, and is this uh, how um, extensive is the nose cutting? Is it just the tip? Is it the whole schnoz? Archer. I think it's the whole schnoz. Uh, it's it's enough to flatten. I mean, we don't say rhinectomy, but it's it's as if your nose is pretty much gone. I mean, it's it's often called nose slitting. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can imagine turn it into two noses. And so, and yeah, <laughs> it may just be a, a slice down the center of the nose. You look like uh, you look like the uh, squid guy from Futurama. But as we shall see, in in many cases, it's enough to require prosthesis. It's uh, you know the, the the nose is essentially gone. Um, and a prosthesis, it would be a difficult thing uh, for someone in the in the early um, early medieval era or pre medieval era. To accomplish a, a lifelike looking nose. Yes. Although earlier than you think, there actually were rhinoplasty options, maybe probably a thousand years earlier than you're picturing. Really? Uh, yeah. As we shall see. Um, in the, uh, and we, I, I shouldn't try to associate this with, I shouldn't orientalize this by in, implying that this is a, 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 a practice of the barbarous East um, as late as. The 11th century in England, uh, right before the Norman Conquest, King Canute's uh, archbishop um, instituted a new law saying that uh, rhinotomy, nose mutilation, was the punishment for adulterous women. If you're... Oh, dear. Let me see if I can find the quote. A woman who commits adultery with another man whilst her husband is still alive and is found out shall suffer public disgrace and her husband have all her property and she will lose her nose and ears. It, this is my favorite. If she denies it and fails to purge herself, let a bishop take control and punish her severely. So, oh dear. So that's so the nose and the ears is not severe. Apparently, things could get worse if she doesn't <laughs> if she doesn't own up and uh, you know submit to the patriarchy. Um, is this a thing that is known in the um, in the Orient proper? Like, is there any nose mutilation that's happening in the Indian subcontinent or in in what we call Asia and not Asia Minor? These people of Mysore would cut off the noses and the lips of their enemies. Ooh, the lips in battle. That's really a harsh one, because um, you know you would. Yeah. Need, I, I, what do you need your lips for? Talking. Everything. Kissing. Chapstick. Um, sm- uh, smacking them. Uh, but and, again, if and, you're only living to thirty-five, and who as late cares? And as late as the nineteenth century, you know, British missionary in British missionaries would cluck their tongues about how. Um, people in the Far East would, would cut the noses of their women. It does seem to be often a punishment aimed at women, perhaps because in a time when a woman's beauty was her main source of prestige, then that was the worst thing you could you could do, was yeah, to right. put a scar in the middle of her face. Um, but in the Byzantine Empire in particular, uh, this was more often visited on men and uh, for political reasons. It was... A lot of turmoil at, uh, on the Byzantine throne uh, for most of the period of that empire. If you look at stats from uh, you know around the seventh century, the beginning of the uh, what do you call Heracl- Heraclius's Heraclius's dynasty, the Heraclean dynasty, all the way through the fall of Constantinople. Um, do we not say Heraclitus now? Has it turned into Heraculus? Well, this is not Heraclitus. This is it doesn't have a T. Oh, I see. So it's Heraclius or Heraclius, maybe? Heraculus. I'm sure we'll find 
Someone's going to yell at us does about it, it. Does it rhyme with miraculous? Uh, in that time frame, almost a thousand years, only 61% of Byzantine empires uh, died in power or peacefully abdicated. Emperors. Sorry, em- did I say empires? Yeah. Yeah, only only 61% of the emperors were able to die peacefully in bed. 39% of them were were killed or deposed. Yes. Um, let's see. 4% killed on the battlefield, 18% killed in palace intrigues. And here's what's interesting: sixteen point four percent of them were blinded or mutilated. Really, that's that was their that was their farewell to power. The emperor, no less. You're right. In many cases, these were actual uh, claimants to the throne, and in some cases, successful claimants who got what was coming to them uh, nasally. Uh, I mean, that, that's a that, that statistic. Uh, the the number of um, emperors who failed to uh, fulfill their term sounds like the government of modern Italy. But I don't think sure. anyone's lost their nose. Or drummer of Spinal Tap. Or <laughs> I don't think any of the Spinal Tap drummers had their noses. Mutilated. 40% of them didn't make it. Defen- no, more than that. Defense against the dark arts professors. Mm-hmm. Jobs with a lot of turnover, basically. Um, Trump cabinet. Uh, the beginning of the Byzantine Rhinocopium, Rhinocopia, uh, it was in 637 AD when Emperor Heraclius, Heraclius, mm-hmm. we don't even know. Heraclius, um, let's say, had two had a, an illegitimate son and a nephew um, try to overthrow his throne, and an illegitimate son and a nephew. Yes, mm-hmm. and the problem with all these kings is they had so many illegitimate sons. Like that's why there's a lot of this turmoil at the top, is because these kings would often have emperors would have you know two legitimate princes and then. 50 guys out there who know they're the king's son right. and are coming for the throne. And it should be said that uh, that in 600, the Byzantine Empire, I mean, although the Mediterranean wasn't like a Roman lake like it was uh, uh, during the height of Rome, the Byzantine Empire extended all the way to Gibraltar and encompassed all of Turkey, went around the Black Sea. I mean, it was an enormous sprawling. Empire. When we talk about these emperors, we're talking about some of the most powerful people on earth. And in history. Yes. And, uh, you know, a a military power. So used to brutal and ruthless uh, tactics to keeping control of the the many, many people they've subjugated. Right. And using those same tactics to preserve their throne. Rome is part of the Byzantine Empire, a a, a vassal of it. But what has happened at this point is that the uh, adoption of Christianity uh, across Europe has kind of led to a kinder, gentler approach to brutal Machiavellian politics. Right. Like, no longer should you be thinking of slaying all your enemies necessarily. Now you just slay the tall ones. <laughs> right. Well, slaying anybody at all might be problematic. You know, you don't want to lose your shot at heaven. Well, that's not true. You can slay anyone that's not a Christian. Right. But what, if, but what about your illegitimate son and his, like, and, and his yeah, little cousin? Right. Technically. Yes. You can kill all the all the foreigners you want. Right. Of course. Uh, but— But sure, your illegitimate son and and uh, and his crazy friend, your nephew. Inside your you know cousin Theodore, inside the—cousin Oliver or whatever, uh-huh. in, inside the palace, you know, these are baptized Christians. Right. Uh, but what—so concomitant with mur- palace murder going out of style— um, the non-lethal tortures get worse and worse. Oh, sure. Because of you, can, you can still feel like a good guy. Sure, you can put some burning sticks under their fingernails. Sure, I've been very merciful. All I did was cut off 
my illegitimate son, Athala Rikos, and his cousin Theodore, I've just cut off their nose and hands, and in one case, a leg, and I've exiled them both to different islands. Um, so this is the- f- oh, 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 mercy. So, yeah, I, I'm a good guy, right? Like, <laughs> sure. my grandfather wouldn't have done any of that. <laughs> he would have just cut off their heads. Um, so, uh, you know, in a way, the torture gets worse as the executions decrease. The tortures will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Uh, and this is the first case of a uh, nose cutting on record in the royal family of the Byzantine Empire. Um, when Heraclius died, having successfully kept the throne, he left the empire to two legitimate sons. Um, one of them is poisoned, possibly by the other, possibly by his own mother, who was acting as his regent and maybe wanted to keep her grip on power. This is something I've always wondered about power. Do you really want to kill your own kids? Isn't that the whole point of having power is to have kids and pass it down? I think maybe this is only the, oh, I see. They were half brothers. So only the mother, like this is the mother killing off the other son. I see. Um, This is the proverbial wicked stepmom, I guess. Right. Well, I get that. Um, So in hopes of keeping her own son's claim to power, she poisoned the other one. The Senate found out, deposed the other kid cut off the mother's tongue, and then slit this son's nose. So Heraclius, who had slit his own illegitimate son's nose, had his own son's nose Nose slit slit later. And there's a lot of this kind of, you know, it really is a... um, So this is a sins of the fathers kind of scenario where this this kind of... uh, This thing repeats itself over and over in the family tree. Um, In uh, later, in the 7th century, when Constantine IV is emperor... Uh, he has all his brothers mutilated just to make sure nobody comes at him. So it's like a preemptive uh, uh, mutilation, right? And that and that seems uh, that seems to indicate just how disqualifying a nose mutilation would be, right? Like, Meaning that this if, guy can't be emperor. Look at his weird nose. If you like accidentally tripped and fell into a plate glass window and and it bruised your nose, that could be a career ender. Do you think that's true today? I mean, Richard Nixon had a weird nose, and yeah. he and he won in a landslide. I don't know who 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 are the weirdest noses in twenty and twenty first century politics. I mean, I feel like you get a um, you get a lot of or or you did before the rise of antibiotics. You get a lot of acne scarred noses that certainly didn't stop Edward James almost from becoming a a uh, beloved actor. But in politics, it's different. There's not a lot of yeah. acne scarring in uh, in politics, which no, is interesting. True. Walter Matthau had quite a significantly bulbous nose. But again, so Henry Youngman. as far as I know, never. <laughs> as far as I know, Walter Matthau was never U.S. president. That's true. How many presidents? Not even on screen. Presidents with weird noses, we really haven't had any. Maybe the nose is the window on the soul. I feel like um, John, uh, President Johnson had kind of a big bulbous nose, but oh, that would did. go with his big bulbous Johnson. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. If it's if the uh, the metaphor still holds. Yeah, maybe Johnson was the least comely president of the 20th century. So Constantine's preemptive move was just to, you know, the military wanted him to share power with his brothers and he agreed. He said, sure. And then he immediately went back on his deal to make them co-emperors and slit his brother, Heraclius, different Heraclius and Tiberius's nose and uh, exiled them to the Island of Rhodes, I think. Did he cut off their leg too, or was this a milder punishment? This was just, just a rhinotomy. That, that uh, shows how 
how disqualifying a bad nose is. Well, I wonder if the there were a bunch of people with mutilated noses walking around roads, such that it became kind of a <laughs> it was normalized there. Yeah, it was. It, just, it was the place to be if you've been kicked out. Like there must be an equivalent of that here. Like people who have people who have not made it in the big time and all wind up in what's the geographical equivalent of well, that today? Sure, everybody that has asthma ends up down in in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to weaken the DNA down there. Uh, the most famous case of a Byzantine rhinotomy was the son of Constantine IV, the, the previous nose litter, Justinian II. Uh, he was uh, a great military conqueror, but he was also a bit of a despot at home. Those seem to go together. Wouldn't be surprised. He had sumptuous tastes and big parties, and as a result, his tax and land policies were very unpopular. Hmm. Uh, everybody disliked this guy. Uh, all was, the people, I'm sorry, all the people that weren't invited to the parties. Sure. And the Manichaeans, who he was religiously persecuting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say this is a case of black and white, but, you know, you don't want to persecute the Manichaeans. That's mean. Uh, uh, and as a result, he was overthrown by a popular rebellion in the year 695. And his enemy, Leontius, was proclaimed emperor. And Leontius wanted to make sure that, you know, he couldn't, doesn't want to kill Justinian, right? But he doesn't want him blood. to come back. Doesn't from, want him coming back from Saint Helena. He slits his nose and his tongue, so another rhinotomy. Oh, and the tongue, and exiles him to the city of Cherson. Now, in this case, that was a mistake because Justinian II is really the pluckiest guy in this line of rhinocopia. Not inhibited by a mutilated nose. No, or or the bad pronunciation of his mutilated tongue. Mm. He is able to raise up an army of Bulgars and Slavs. Oh, well, see, it's an e- it's a much easier task to raise up an army of Bulgars and Slavs because they're already they're, they're already- just wandering around looking for a fight. They're already mumbling. <laughs> they don't they don't mind his weird tongue. He is able to retake his throne. Leontius, in the meantime, has been overthrown by uh, Apsimar, hmm. a guy who becomes Tiberius II, and cuts off Leontius's nose. Hmm. But Justinian returns to power with, in some accounts, a golden replica nose. A golden nose. It gleams like the sun. Wow. You take the golden nose and you give it to Hose. I mean, gold, hey. gold was very popular for prosthesis back right. then because, it, as we've said, it was malleable and ductile and could be shaped into a nose-like shape or could be worked into a nose-like shape easily. Right, um, right. And it's a, it seems like— um, It's a warm-colored metal. Pretty hot uh, accoutrement, actually. No, you look great. It's, you're, you're blinged out with a golden nose. Right. And, and the fact that it's a symbol of, of wealth and permanence means that, you know, you've done—, you've done Leontius, you've outdone Leontius at his own game. You no longer have a nose that can be defeated by human hand. Now you have a permanent golden nose on which the gods will smile. I guess it's not the nose that I wonder about. It's how is the nose affixed? Like if the nose has to, if it's got leather straps around the back of your head, it's slightly less impressive. I think that would be the case. There would have to be, and, uh, you know, elastic rubber bands not having yet been invented, so it can't be like a Halloween mask. It would have to be some kind of thicker strap. Maybe it had, uh, like, temples that went behind your ears. And... Maybe it's attached to his helmet. He always has to wear a hat, like Ron Howard. Oh, and, okay. And, and it hangs down from the forehead. Okay, that's, that's, I could see that. He's, it's sort of like The Edge or <laughs> right. Billy Gibbons, except right. with, exactly. uh, with a nose attached. Paul Simon. Uh so in any case, the, the replica golden nose is apparently a really a point in his favor that allows him 
to retake the throne this at, is the, thing the that only no, noseless emperor. No one else, it hadn't occurred to anybody else. The island of Rhodes must have been, uh, everybody there must have gone like, what? We could have just had a- <laughs> This whole time. Whoa. Well, you have to have a nose worth of gold. Right. So there's there's an economic impediment. But still, a copper nose would, I mean, maybe it's, you wouldn't be emperor, but maybe you could get a halfway decent job. <laughs> get like a civil service job <laughs> yeah, or right. something. Now, sir, we can tell we can tell your nose is just made of gravel. Yeah, we're we're not impressed. The uh, you know in in many stories the the golden nose is a is a big part of uh, Justinian's uh, what glamour, but apparently there's some thinking that maybe he did he went one better. Uh, there is a a marble bust by Carmagnola of a Byzantine emperor that shows that his nose is kind of misshapen. And flattened, uh, okay. and there's something that he may be Justinian Renatmetus. Uh, you know, just when Justinian came back, he was Justinian of the cut nose. Uh-huh. That was his like emperor, imperial epithet. And because and the the flat nose, some scholars have thought on this statue look like an early form of rhinoplasty. Huh. Uh, apparently, in India around this time, the technology existed to pull surgically pull down the skin of the forehead. And replace a weak or mutilated nose. Really? So if we and, imagine... But you would get kind of a Michael Jackson nose at that point and not like a... I mean... Yeah, you wouldn't have the... I mean, if you can just imagine, you know, pulling your forehead down to make a nose, it's going to be... Yeah. It's going to cover up the shame of the mutilation, but it's you're not going to... That's a great Pixies song, by the way. <laughs> and the shame of mutilation. But you're not going to have a real impressive nose. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what, what it is is you've erased the stigma, at least. Yeah, 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 sure. So if we imagine some way for one of these early Indian plastic surgeries, one, you know, the best nose guy in Beverly Hills, India, <laughs> if we imagine that somehow he's made his way west and he's, he's contacted by Justinian who says, I've got these nasal problems, doc... And the guy says, no, no problem, you know, pick out a new nose. That maybe he had this kind of what's called this Indian flap surgery performed on himself. He could have been, you know, the, the, the most famous rhinoplasty recipient on record. Right. Like I say, there have got to be a lot of ways that your nose could be injured in ancient times that wouldn't constitute a, one of these uh, punishment uh, rhinoplasties, rhino, rhinoectomies. You could be hit in the face by a, a trebuchet rock. Yeah, it could be a battle scar of, of, of any different kind. You know, a, a saber slash across the cheek was always a, a sign of a gallantry, but it doesn't take much to have that saber kind of cut the tip off your nose. So having a weird nose probably isn't the problem. It's, it's the specificity of a, right. of a, a intentionally cut nose. Interestingly, uh, mutilated noses started to spike during the Renaissance, but for a very different reason. Oh. Uh, the spread of syphilis <laughs> across oh, Europe causes your nose to fall started off. Started to eat away at the noses of the uh, you know the the hornier gentry, and as a result, this is really what led to the boom of rhinoplasty technology in the West. Was all these. Italian merchants with plenty and plenty of money and terrible noses who wanted to know what can my doctor or barber do for me. Now when syphilis attacks the the softer membranes, it's not it's not confined to the nose. Right. It also Right. It, it doesn't target the nose. Right. It's right. Not, it's not interferon for noses. But the nose again being the centerpiece, the center point of your of your whole 
face. The middle of the face, as we say. And so will a rhinoplasty of a syphilitic nose, does it arrest the, if you cut the, the black part away, does it not continue to eat your face? I think it would. This, yeah. this seems to me like it's a, a temporary measure right. at best. But if you got syphilis, you're probably going crazy. You're not thinking clearly about, oh, your, about your surgical options. That's true. You're going to make bad decisions. And still only living to 40. <laughs> <laughs> On the plus side, you have, don't have to have the weird nose for long. After the, um, you know, after the uh, seventh or eight, after the eighth century, uh, Byzantine rhinocopia tends to tail off. Um, blinding becomes more popular. Not a lot of Byzantines are getting their nose cut off anymore. The sixth, the seventh and eighth centuries were really the golden age of, of golden noses. Having thought about it more, I think, now don't quote me on this because I'd like an opportunity if it, if the problem arises to make my decision in the moment. But right now I'm going to say that I would not be blinded given, I mean, particularly if it's just the testicles you want to cut off, I would choose that over being blinded. I would absolutely go go yeah testicles over over eyeballs. Now if balls it's the over whole eyeballs, if it's the whole kitten caboodle, I don't know. It's a you tougher know, case. I really like to read. Is the thing. <laughs> Your sexual preference is reading. Reading. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they're both they're both better than no. Like nose is merciful compared to both. Yeah. Sure, I think sure, sure. at least living in our culture where there's less of a uh, nose as a sign of of uh, potency and legitimacy and God's favor. Sure. But I could put on a fancy nose. I mean, I, I bet you could go down to, to forever 21 and find a prosthetic nose. Just get one of those weird Venetian masks that, you know, Tom Cruise wears to orgies. Oh yeah. Now I've and, got and, and, three times the nose. And you can be one of those cool guys. <laughs> or well, wait, or like a Groucho nose. And that, that would give me eyebrows too. You, you, you'd have eyebrows. You'd have the nose. You'd have, you'd have a, a nice mustache. People would think you were, uh, Funny and snarky. Yeah. And then, you know, you could take it off if you wanted to take a bath. They might think you were Groucho Marx, though. Have you noticed that, you know, as you can see in the mirror soup and duck soup, anybody who puts on a Groucho nose oh. and glasses looks just like Groucho. You know, I have a, uh, a friend in Los Angeles who's an attractive uh, young woman, and she posted some pictures around Halloween of herself wearing a Groucho mask, nose, eyebrows, mustache. And in a way, it did not affect her... Uh, uh, attractiveness at all. Her, I still found her very attractive. Her costume was was sexy Groucho, Se- sexy Groucho, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I can get with sexy Groucho. So your sexual preference is not reading; it's reading and or Groucho. Groucho. And that concludes Byzantine Rhinocopia, entry one seven zero dot JB four one zero two, certificate number three four nine five four. In the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, let me say that whatever version of a nose you have, try to keep a hold on it, because surely you are also idealizing your life, life or lives, uh, <laughs> variously, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to have lost a nose or a proboscis of any kind. Seems like it it will always affect you socially. Unless it becomes the fashion, everyone gets a nosectomy. I mean, why the heck do we... And for, for decades, it was all the rage in America to, to uh, give uh, boy children a, um, a little bit of a 
snip for foreskinectomy foreskinectomy and nobody and that became a beauty standard can you imagine if you lived in schenectady and had a foreskinectomy hmm. i cannot imagine living in schenectady i've been there enough times i've seen it do you think uh what's the evolutionary trend are mammals's nose getting noses getting bigger or smaller over time like are we expecting our post-human descendants to have big, prominent snouts or flat, alien gray faces? Hmm. Maybe. That's a really good question. I don't, and looking back over time, I don't see that ancient noses are bigger or smaller. It seems like, it seems like an aspect where, I mean, they're different across the world. Different um, ethnicities seem to have differently sized uh, mean noses. What's the evolutionary advantage? Is it to have a, a big nose that uh, smells A big nose would good? have more nerve endings and so potentially gather more smells. I think you're right about that. But also, depending on how smelly the world you live in is, like if you live in a, in like a poop hole, maybe having a smaller nose would be it's better for you. Quality of life-wise? Yeah. Anyway, um, you can go to at Omnibus Project and see both Ken's and my noses. I would say your nose is bigger than mine. Would you agree? I have a largish nose and it's a l- it's very squishy. Yeah, I have, I have a, hypochondria. I have too much cartilage. I have a small nose considering how big I am. Uh, like it's a little bit of a, it's a pert nose. I play with my nose a bit. And I remember one time a kid sitting next to me in class said, Ken, your nose is pretty big. You shouldn't squish it around like that. Oh, don't mess with your nose. And I don't know if that's true. Is, am I am I going to misshape it? Am I going to yeah. am I going to make it grow like Pinocchio? Uh, do, do you have hair on the palms of your hands? Not right now. Oh, as far as you know. Um, I, I don't have earlobes. I have elf ears. I think elf ears and an elf nose. But your earlobes were not removed to keep you from power. No, 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 no. I think I think I'm I am probably you- what happens when an elf marries a troll. Uh, I have I have features of both things. Um, you can go to at Omnibus Project on all of these social media sites, and for the most part, see what we're talking about. Uh, I I post more selfies than Ken, but Ken has been photographed by the news media because he was on television. So you can see screenshots of Ken. I have the paparazzi following yeah. me around, trying yeah. to get nose shots. Paparazzi. Uh, you can go to at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick to see all of our witticisms and my Instagramicisms. You can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. For criticisms of our witticisms. You can go to uh, the Omnibus Futurelings Facebook, where there will probably be a thread just devoted to Ken saying criticisms of our futurisms. And there will be people criticizing our pronunciation of Heraclius. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely there will. I'm and there will be at least it. one future link that can't believe it and is basically rolling writhing in pain because we pronounced uh Heraclius incorrectly. Uh you can mail us things, but not the tip of your nose, but yes, the tip of your gold nose. To P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. And if you would like, instead of giving us your gold nose, to donate to the show in a different way, you can use monies uh, at patreon.com slash omnibusproject. And we are extremely grateful for your continued support. Uh, We are covered, by the way. Merriam-Webster says Heraclius is preferred, but Heraclius 
also allowed. Heraclius. So anyway, whoever it was that was writhing on the floor, stop being so dramatic. Whoever had a comment already lined up about the weight crazy way Ken says Heraclius. I'm sure they already posted it and now they have to now they have to retract it a little bit. Not a lot of retraction in, among the future <laughs> that I've noticed. <laughs> Listeners, from our vantage point here in your distant past, we have no idea how long our your noses will be or how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that this civilization-ending catastrophe wait may never come. But if it comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word to you. Nobody knows. Oh, boo. But if Providence <laughs> allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus. travel to recover from heartbreak to trace your dna escape the internet on our podcast a way to go we've been exploring all the reasons we travel i'm gerilyn gerba i'm pavia rosati and together we're the founders of travel website fathom and we've already heard so many great stories such as an actress in rural kenya explaining the ins and outs of safe sex a graffiti artist tagging the islands of southeast asia a producer arranging high fashion photo shoots in the desert listen to a way to go on the iHeartRadio app on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts